All right, good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we'd like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and yet another chance to get our acts together. Today is October 13th, 2022 in week 193. If you're new around here, welcome to Join the Midst of the Storm. This is a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. And if you've been with us for a while, as we always like to say, welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in weekend and week out trying to hear what thus says the Lord. Now, as you can see from the title, it's another question and it asks, should I tithe? Now, this is a question that many speculate over. So we're going to take a deep dive in the Bible and see what the scriptures are saying about it. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks. We can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. As always, we hope you get something out of it. Thank you, Melvin. As we normally do, let us go into a word of prayer. Gracious Lord, thank you for another opportunity. Lord, we thank you for how you blessed us, how you keep us, how you kept us. Lord, how you just continue to uh, watch over us um, as we travel over the dangerous highways, um, even as we just go to our places of uh, residence and we just go to sleep at night. Lord, we thank you for how you continue to uh, just keep us, Lord, even the uh, storms that come through from time to time. Lord, we just thank you. Help us, Lord, to always um, show you gratitude, show you that we love you, show we, show you that we appreciate the things that you do for us. Lord, no matter what happens to us in this life, continually remind us that there is a reason to have joy in the midst of every single storm, every trial, every tribulation. Lord, help us to continue to honor you, to praise you, uh, to lift up your holy name and to serve you, Lord. Help us to not be hearers only of the word, but doers as well. And so, Lord, we're praying all these blessings. We're hoping uh, that the Bible study tonight would help us, that it would lead us in the right direction, that uh, it would cause us to want to study your word more and to learn more and to uh, ask questions. And so, Lord, we're praying all these blessings in your magnificent name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, uh, we're going to talk about tithing tonight. Um, should we do it? Uh, is it something of God? Um, just what, what, do, what do the scriptures say as it pertains to this matter? And so um, we're going to get into that tonight. Um, I, I know it is a pretty, pretty big topic because uh, people love money. We, we all, you know, um, we all desire to have more money. And so when we think about ties, uh, we think about having to lose money. And so we're going to look at that tonight, uh, even from the standpoint of um, is tithing only about money? Uh, we're going to look at that as well. So let us move to the book of Hebrews chapter 7. And uh, we'll pick up verse two there. And then once we read that, we'll go back to verse one. But I, I do want to say one thing before, before we start the study tonight, um, because oftentimes uh, we all need to hear uh, of God's goodness, of his grace and mercy, how he continues to bless his people. Um, I, I was talking to someone today, um, and Melvin, I, Melvin already knows this, um, he can probably tell the story better than I can, but uh, I uh, was talking to someone today and they, they gave me a testimony. Uh, you know, that's the Bible tells us we overcome 
this world. We overcome the devil. We overcome depression. We overcome anxiety. We overcome um, all of these mental illnesses, whatever we wish to call these things. We overcome this by the testimonies. Um, and I was talking to someone today and they began to tell me a testimony that happened. Um, uh, what was it? Two days ago, Melvin? It was two days ago, three days ago. Last year, uh, uh, I think three days ago. <laughs> yeah, so not long ago. It, it was this week. Now that much we know for sure. Um, but talking to the person, they were telling me um, a member of the church had um, died right there in the service. Preacher up preaching um, or teaching a message, teaching a Bible study, whatever the case may be, and um, person died right there. Um, leaned overhead, you know, slumped over, and they touched uh, the lady's hands, ice cold. And, you know, I, if I had been there, I can only imagine um, everyone's heart failing, everyone's heart dropping, because, um, you know, we understand that death is a part of this life, but you know, when we see our loved ones, we we don't want to to lose them. You know, the the selfish part of us, uh, we don't want to lose our loved ones. And so, to see someone die right there, you know, of course that had to have been tough. But so the the saints they prayed and they prayed and they prayed, um, and God brought life back. You know uh, that. You know, just just to see the miracles that God forms, um, you know, just hearing of those miracles, it, it should encourage us. It should um, remind us uh, that there is nothing too hard for God. Um, there's nothing too hard for him. So uh, even death, you know, we have to understand that God is in control of it. Um, the, the Bible tells us the prayers of the righteous avail as much. And so that doesn't mean you know, people never um, have to die. However, God, even in death, God still shows himself mighty. He still shows himself um, um, omniscient. Uh, he has all power. And so I thank God for hearing testimonies like this, um, j just hearing how God still is showing himself uh, to keep someone encouraged, to keep us all encouraged, uh, because we need to hear these things. So. I definitely thank God for that, um, just for uh, receiving that testimony, which Melvin, I believe you did tell me that too. Um, or, mm -hmm. yeah, but just, just being able to even hear it even more, I thank God for that. Uh, so um, I can do nothing but offer God the praise for these things because. Uh, it's not by our goodness. It's not by uh, anything that we've done. It's all him. So, um, you know, no matter what it is that, you know, we might be troubled with, we have to remember we serve a miracle working God, a God who can do anything. Um, all things are possible with him. So we better get into the message tonight because I'll go on and on about that. I, I you, you got something else? Oh, no, I'm just oh, listening. I thought you had to say something. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I thank God for these type of things because um, people need to hear this. You know, we we think that 
there's only certain situations that God um, can resolve. Uh, but we need to understand, look, it does not matter what condition we find ourselves in, homeless, uh, sick with cancer, sick with whatever disease, sick with something that the doctor said uh, you'll struggle with for the rest of your life. We have to remember we serve a God who can take all of that away. And so let us not limit him. Let us not doubt him. Uh, let us just go on in faith and believe in him. So I thank God for that. Let us move now. We're in the book of Hebrews, chapter 7, and we're talking about tithes. Um, so let's pick up Hebrews 7 and verse 2. All right, really quickly, we got a few comments. David says, praise the Lord, everyone. Hope y'all are having a great day in the Lord. Praise the Lord to you too as well. Thank you for tuning in. Casey says, praise the Lord, brothers. Praise the Lord to you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And David also says, yes, we should tithe, not just in our finances, but also of our time and all that the Lord has blessed us with. So thank you guys so much for the comments. And so the scripture is Hebrew chapter, Hebrews chapter 7, and verse 2. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. Verse now, I wanted to go back. Um, we'll go back to verse 1. You don't have to read uh, the rest of this. We'll go back to verse 1 and come back down. He said, to whom Abraham, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. Now we know. Um, even if a person doesn't pay tithes, uh, a lot of us, we do know that we consider tithes 10%. This is where we get this from. Now, this is written in the book of Hebrews, which is the New Testament, but the writer here is going back to the Old Testament um, and bringing up what Abraham did. So Abraham was the first person um, that is recorded uh, where we see tithes being presented. So now let's go back to verse one, because I want to make sure you get an understanding of this. Now um, we won't be able to pick it all up because uh, we'll be doing a lot of reading, but now what has happened? Abraham has a nephew uh, who is Lot. Now Lot is the, the uh, person who, went down to Sodom and Gomorrah uh, before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, so if you don't know who Lot is, he is Abraham's nephew. So now they were living together until uh, a dispute came up and Abraham decided they needed to separate. So Lot looks down to the land of Sodom and Gomorrah, looks good. Um, and so he went. And things often look good to us, but we can't see beyond that. You know, we can't see what tomorrow is going to bring. We can't see what next week, next month, next year. You know, we, we look at things for the right here and the right now. That's why the scripture tells us to walk by faith and not by sight, because your sight will get you in trouble. And so Lot, he looked at the place. Sodom and Gomorrah, and he went down there. But, you know, I don't know how long it was after he had went down there. But the king of Sodom and Gomorrah got into a battle with some other kings. There's about nine kings total. Now, they get into a fight, and I'm saying all this for a reason, so 
Um, I hope you can follow me. They get into a fight, and Lot becomes taken captive. He becomes a slave. And Abraham loves his nephew, so he takes 318 of his servants, the Bible said, armed them, and they went to battle with these kings. And God allowed them to prevail. And so he goes down there and he brings Lot back home and all the goods, all the things that these people had taken from the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. God allowed Abraham to go down there and prosper and bring all of these things back. That was goods and that was people. The kings took men, women, anybody they could take to become slaves. And he also took all the goods that he could take from the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so once Abraham gets back, that's when he paid tithes. Because God allowed him to prosper. God allowed him to increase. And so now he comes to the priest, who we're going to read about in verse 1. This is the priest. He's a preacher now. He goes to the priest, Melchizedek, and he gives a tenth of all. Not just the money now. He gave him a tenth of everything that he possessed. So now let's pick it up in verse 1. Um, I hope a little summary um, kind of gives you an idea of what we're talking about. And if it's a lot, I understand. Um, just, just stick with it. All these things uh, begin to make more and more sense as you continue. So don't give up. Just keep going. So let's pick up verse 1 here, Mel. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. Now that's what I just reference. He went to battle with these kings all because of the love he had for Lot. His nephew has been taken captive. Uh, I think about the movie uh, Taken. <laughs> uh, I don't remember the actor's name. Um, but William Nelson. I, <laughs> I might even butcher the quote that he said. <laughs> But he told him, uh, do you remember that quote that he quoted, Melvin? What was it? Um... I, I know he said, I, 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 I will find you. I don't remember how he said it, but. but I don't know where you are, quote. but I will find you and I will kill you. I think something like that. You know, he said that because I believe it was his daughter had been taken. See, this is the love that Lot had. This is the love that uh, we all share for someone in our lives. If they're taken, we want to go and find them. We'll go out and look. So Abraham, because Lot was captured, he wanted him back. So he goes down, battles with these kings, and God now, this was by the grace of God. I'll tell you why this was by the grace of God. See, God allows us to be in some situations where it seems as if what we're hoping for won't happen. I told you when this Bible study opened about um, a saint in Christ died in church. You know, this situation, somebody would say, oh, they're gone. That's it. This seems to be an impossible situation. This seems to be one of those situations. But God, once he intervenes 
the impossible becomes possible. Even this scenario with Abraham, I think it was five kings that went to war against the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah, and they had four kings, five kings against four. And those kings of Sodom and Gomorrah, after they started dying, they ran off. But now Abraham, the Bible tells us he took 318 and went to battle with all these kings. And God blessed him. See, once we line up with God, he'll step in and make something that seems impossible. He'll make it possible. God does this all the time. This is why he's trying to get us to trust him. You know, I was thinking about something today. You cannot fail with God. You will not fail. I know you can say, well, uh, you know, some things I set out to accomplish, I didn't accomplish. But you still don't fail in God. The Bible tells us all things work together for the good. All things. You cannot fail in him because there is no failure in Christ. So, Sometimes things may be delayed, and so, or sometimes God may say no, but you will not fail in him. You will not. So Abraham now returns with the people, including Lot, with all of the goods that these kings have came down and destroyed that land. You know, right now, still going on, we have Russia. Uh, unless things have changed and I didn't know about it. Russia trying to take over Ukraine. They want to take everything there. Take over the land, take over the goods, the people. They want it all. This is what these kings did. But Abraham with 318 people prevailed. He knew, man, God stepped in. He knew that. So now after God blessed him, let's pick up verse two. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. Mm -hmm. First being by interpretation, king of righteousness. And after that, also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Now, now there's a lot for me to break, break down in these scriptures. Um, because I really want you to understand this, but the more I break these things down, it's going to continue to take me further in a direction that I'm not trying to go in. Um, Abraham, after God blessed him, he turned around and gave it back to God. He gave him 10%. He turned around after God blessed him. He gave tenth, a tenth part, the scripture said, of all. Not just the money, a tenth part of all, including the money now. Gave him a tenth of it all. Read, read on down for us, Mel, because he's going to tell us again, and I want to show you that. Let, let's keep reading here. Without father, without mother without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Now, he's talking about the priest 
um, Melchizedek here. And I don't want to get too deep into who he is because I'll just tell you this was God Almighty. Being in the form of a man, this was God Almighty. He had no beginning of days. He didn't have an end of life. He had no mother. He had no father. He was made like unto the Son of God. He was God. But I don't want to get too deep in that. I'll just call him the priest, which he was. Abraham gave a tenth part to the priest. Now the priest, the preacher occupies the same role today as the priest. He gave a tenth part to the priest. Read for us, Mel. Now consider how great this man was unto whom mm-hmm. even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. Gave the tenth of everything he went down there and got. He, he said it again. And that's why I wanted to read down because he gave a tenth. So I want to go back really quickly to the Old Testament, to the book of Leviticus, chapter 27. And um, let's pick up verse 30 there. Leviticus chapter 27. And let's pick up verse 30. Now, we'll find the laws here. What God requires us to do. Now, we just found in the New Testament. I want to show you it in the Old Testament as well. Let's pick up Leviticus 27 and 30. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is the Lord. He said the tithe of the land, of the fruit of the tree, of the seed, whatever it is that we increase. He said, look, this is God's. So Abraham gave a tenth part of all. We find it even here. He said, whatever you got, a tenth of that belongs to God. Now, God knows I won't get to this tonight because God is really expecting more now. I'm not going to get into that tonight because we have a hard time getting people to give the 10%. So I know people don't want to give any more than that. So we're going to deal with the 10% tonight. So read verse 30 one more time for us, Neil. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. Mm -hmm. It is holy unto the Lord. It is holy unto God. Pick up verse 32. And concerning the tithe of the herd or of the flock, even of whose whatsoever passes un- under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. We continually see God wants a tenth part of it. Whatever we increase, land, fruit, food, cattle, whatever it is, he's looking for a tenth. Now we, we know the money's involved in this, and if you're wondering, I'm going to go and get that too and show you the money's involved. I'll go and get that too. 
Not right now, but I'm going to get it. Just stick with it. We're going to get to these things. But I'm trying to show you God desires this. From a, You know, the Bible tells us God, he loves a cheerful giver. He doesn't want you to force somebody to give. But you know what? This belongs to God. Anyway, flip over to the book of Psalm 24. Psalm 24 and verse 1. I want to show you, this is all God's anyways. If you ever allow somebody to borrow something, <laughs> sometimes you let people borrow something, maybe, and uh, when you go to ask for it back, because they've had it for a long time, and you now start to need it, and you say, hey, man, you mind if I get my my so-and-so back, you know, if I, if I get, <laughs> you say, you mind if I get that? They said, what you need it for? What you doing with it? They don't want to give you what's yours back. You know, this is how we are with God. It belongs to him. It is not ours in the book of Timothy. Glory be to God. He said, look, we know it is certain you came in this world with nothing. And brother, you go, you're going to leave here and you still have nothing because everything you accumulated here is going to be left here. Somebody else is going to take over the government, your, your grandkids, whoever, both of them probably, the government and your grandkids. It all belongs to him. So let's pick up verse one here. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Mm -hmm. the, the world and they that dwell therein. He said it's all his. So if God wants me to give a tenth part, I'm giving him something back that already belonged to him. Who am I to say, God, what are you going to do with it? God, why do you want me to do it? What, what, why do I need to give it? Who am I? I'm the same person that got mad at uh, someone I loaned something to when they asked, why do I want my, my possession back? That's the same thing we do to God. We begin to question him. And in fact, we say, I won't do it. It's God's, but we're going to keep it. So the scripture tells us the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein, it's all his. So when Abraham gave a tenth to the priest, he gave a tenth part of everything that he had um, accumulated. When he gave that, that already belonged to God anyways. See, God is just trying to see if we're willing to do right by him. You know, there's some things that God, I believe now, God would have blessed us with even more than what we have already. But we show him every day. We're not, we can't handle getting more because once we get more, all we're going to do is consume it of our own selves. We're not going to use it to help someone else. It's all going to be about us. So, this is what we're talking about. Giving a tenth part. I've shown you back, it began with Abraham. It began with him. 
I want to show you because uh, people are people always have some type of excuse. They'll say, "Well, you didn't. Jesus didn't talk about it." People are going to come up with something. So I want to show you Jesus now. I want to show you Jesus. Let's go to the book. Um, let's go to the book of Matthew twenty-three and verse twenty-three. Now, paying our tithes is right, but I don't want you to be deceived into thinking because you paid your tithe, you're going to heaven. Now, that goes for a lot of things. Going to church, whenever you go, I don't care if you go Saturday, Sunday, Monday to we need to go every week, but whichever day of the week you choose to go to church, whether it's Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, doesn't matter. But going going to church is right, and you should. But just because you can say I went to church, that doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Getting baptized, that's scripturally correct. But just because you got baptized doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Getting the Holy Ghost, that is what God wants. But just because you do it, that doesn't mean you're going to heaven. See, there's more into this thing. God is looking for someone who has these things in their heart. That's what he's looking for. Someone who's sincere about this. I quoted the scripture to you earlier. He said, God loves a cheerful giver. He loves someone who willingly wants to do this. Who willingly wants to follow him. That's what God is desiring. So I want to show you, Jesus bring up times. But Jesus is going to point out something here that is extremely important. Let's pick up here, verse 23. Well, really quickly, we got a few comments that I want to um, get oh, to yeah. before they <laughs> disappear. Sister Betty, Sister Rosie, and Chelsea all say praise the Lord. So praise the Lord to you guys. Um, I hope you're getting something out of the message. And Jeremy, in response to <laughs> Tony saying he doesn't want to get too deep in, into it, he says, break it down. That's how we're going to learn. And um, also, Chelsea has a question, um, and she asks, mm -hmm. What if the things that I feel are worth giving isn't necessarily money? What if I value property? Will that be considered a tenth? That's what um, that's what I was just talking about. It all is. It's not only property. See, there are people who are willing. People give of their excess. Jesus dealt with that. See, oftentimes, I'm not saying this is the case for you, but I'm saying this is something that happens. People desire to give of their excess. But God himself is looking for a certain thing. Um, we talked about, uh, I don't remember if it was last week or what, but Cain and Abel. Cain offered a sacrifice that was not accepted by God. Because he didn't give what God wanted. So it's good that we want to give, and the Bible says he loves a cheerful giver. But we have to make sure we're giving what 
God wants. That's what's crucially important here, what God desires, because Cain, he gave something that God didn't want. But he expected God to accept it. And we don't want to give God something, and he turns around and rejects us. And we're wondering, God, why? And he'll respond, because if we had did good, if we had did righteous, we would have been accepted. So there's there's a a place in the Old Testament, and and I can't remember exactly where it was. I was reading it recently. But he talked about how people wanted to give the things that they didn't want. Um, Even even, um, Jacob. Jacob, uh, when he was working for his father-in-law, he looked at the cattle and he told his father-in-law, look, I'll take the cattle that are spotted, um, freckles, they they got uh, all these blemishes on them. He said, I'll take that. And you know what? God started blessing Every the, the cattle that were born after that, they, they continually were born with spots and freckles. So God blessed him. What I'm saying is Laban didn't want the ones that were spotted, that were freckled. He didn't want them. You know, if, if uh, people today, I, I'll give you an example that um, a lot of people know about. People talk about uh, a certain dog. They say, oh, this dog is fully bred. You know, we got the paperwork on it. You know, we can show you this. We can show you that. That's something that people want. But now, if it's not a fully bred dog, they say, oh, that's a mutt. They don't want that. It has spots. It has blemishes. It has uh, defects. Those are the things that people often want to give. But God, he wants our first. He wants the best. He wants, uh, he told them oftentimes, when you go and find, a, uh, even at the Passover, he told them to find a lamb without spot, without blemish. Get the best. God wants our best. So, yes, it is good um, to give God with a cheerful heart. But we also have to remember all of it belongs to God. The Bible told us, we did a Bible study on it recently. He said, the love of money is the root of all evil. See, money is one of those things that we have the hardest time departing from. Uh, I, she I has a, excuse me, she has a follow-up question that I can go ahead and say. Um, she asked, so how do we truly figure out what is it that Jesus wants from us individually to be considered a tenth? I get it that we all assume that Jesus is wanting money as a tenth, but who's to say that money is what Jesus truly is wanting for me as a tenth? It is all. Go. Let's go back. Let's go back to where we started in the book of Hebrews 7. Hebrews 7. And let's pick up again. Uh, let's start at verse one, because I want to show you how this thing started. See, 
oftentimes people say you have to remember where we come from so we can understand where we're going. That's a true statement. From the beginning, the Bible tells us Jesus himself told us, he said, God made them male and female. See, from the beginning, God expected a man to marry a woman. That's from the beginning. There's a lot of things we can go back and find that happened in the beginning, and it set a standard for us and how God wants things. Here, in the book of Hebrews chapter 7, he's going to tell us how Abraham paid tithes. And I want you to read this very closely. Let's start at verse 1. Now, Melchizedek is the priest. Is going to tell us he's the king of Salaam. He, he's all these incredible titles. And, and I'll deal with that another time. But I just want you to understand, uh, everyone listening, Melchizedek is the priest. Abraham is going to bring his tithes to the priest. Pick up verse 1 there, Mel. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, mm -hmm. to, whom, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. Now, the word all is a word that we cannot get around. All is all. He gave a tenth part of all. It was not just talking about a tenth part of land or a tenth part of fruit or a tenth part of this vegetable or a tenth part of his cattle or a tenth part. It wasn't a singular thing. He gave a tenth part of all. We just went and read in the book of Leviticus chapter 27. He talked about the land. He talked about the fruit. Uh, he talked about the cattle. He covered various different things. And now, if we think it had nothing to do with money, flip over to the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 6. I believe I want verse 6. Yeah, let's run over to the book of Malachi. So I can show you money was involved in this. Malachi, chapter 3. Let's start. Let's start here. Um, let's see. I can't find a verse I'm looking for. It's in this chapter. Okay. Um, yeah, let's go to six. Let's go to six. For I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Eight. I'm sorry. Drop to the oh. drop to verse eight. Drop to verse eight. Will a man rob God? Now, we're talking about God and God receiving tithes. I want to show you money is included. Money's not the only thing now. It's not the only thing. But I want to show you money is included the question here asked says will a man rob god as melvin said earlier it's another question <laughs> will a man rob god 
if somebody say so-and-so got robbed, what's the first thing we start thinking about? How much money did they take? Read for us, man. Yet ye have robbed me. Now God talking. He said, you have robbed me. What's he talking about? Read, man. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? Oh, God, how did we rob you? He said, will a man rob God? Now, this is God asking a rhetorical question because we're smart. We said that's a rhetorical question. He said, will a man rob God? And then he responds for the people. He said, but you're saying, how am I robbing you, God? How do I rob you? Read for us, man. In tithes and offerings. He said, he said you robbed me in tithes and an offering. Uh-huh. Ye are cursed with a curse. Mm-hmm. For ye have robbed me, even this whole mm-hmm. nation. Now, he's talking specifically in this instance to the priest. He said, you have robbed me, and not just me, you robbed the whole nation. You've taken money from the people. See, Abraham brought the money to the priest. God here is dealing with some priests who did not do with the goods, the money, the food, the cattle, the land. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. And so God is on them. See, nobody's going to get away. I don't care if it's a preacher. I don't care if it's a deacon, the bishop. I don't care if it's the secretary, the nurse, the doctor. Nobody's getting away. When we try to get over on God and God's people, you won't get away. He said, you're going to, you're cursed with a curse. So he said, you robbed me and you robbed this whole nation. Look at verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. He said, bring it back. Bring that money back. Bring it all back. Bring it all back. Everything you've taken, not just the money. It's not only about the money. Everything you've taken, he said, bring it back. Bring it back so that we can have a storehouse. We can have something. See, the the church has to provide for the people. And if we don't have any money, how can the church provide? How can the church feed the hungry? How can the church clothe the naked? How can the church provide a home for someone who doesn't have one without any money? How can we live our lives without any money? How can we live? The Bible talks about money uh, probably more than anything else. If not, it's up there. Bible tells us in one place, money is the answer. Money is the answer to a lot of problems. We need more money. That's why we're working two, three jobs, working overtime. That's why we're running around lying to people, telling them, yeah, I don't have anything. Because we want money. <laughs> it's the money. They ask for $5. We say, oh, man, I would if I could. <laughs> money. This even the priest started looking at this thing and started seeing, man, God commanded the people to bring a tenth part of everything they possess, including money. And so they started pocketing it, stealing it, 
but you cannot beat God. You cannot get over on him. Look, I, I, I've, Melvin uh, uh, and I have even uh, recently discussed um, putting a link for our cash app just so that we can continue to pay for the, this platform. See, this platform costs money, money that we personally have spent out of our own pocket. I believe Melvin has even spent more than me. This money is coming out of our own personal finances. And so that's what offerings and tithes supply. Things like this. You know, I hadn't got paid a dime. I know Melvin hadn't got paid anything. If he if he has, he hadn't told me about it. No, I haven't. <laughs> hadn't got paid a dime. And I don't expect to get paid anything. That's not what I do this for, but I do understand it takes money. And so God understands that. That's why he said, bring a 10th part so that we can have a storehouse. We can have some things put up. So when we need to purchase something, we can do it. We pay money for uh, the software that we use. I'm not talking about the computer. I'm not talking about the internet, but the software to stream, the software to put, um, the live stream on what three different pages, four different pages, YouTube, yeah. Facebook. We we spend money on this. We spend money on <laughs> we we spend money on Zoom. We spend money on a lot of these things that people don't know about. And so these are the reasons why God told the people to bring a tenth part, not of only money, but everything. Everything we have. You know, I had a man recently brought me a whole box of sweet potatoes out of the kindness of his heart. I didn't ask him for it. He did it. But, you know, if we had, um, if we take everybody in the church and some people farm, some people grow food, if we took those people, everybody who brought uh, whatever it is, if they farm, if they bring their fruits, and their vegetables and their meat, whatever they, they farm, they bring that. And then the other person who, who has uh, cattle, maybe, they bring their, their produce. They bring the butter. They bring the milk. Somebody else has a different job. They bring what they have. If we all brought this together, we'd have a storehouse. We'd have some. So whatever you need, look, eggs are, uh, man, I went to the store. I seen a case of eggs for 20-something dollars. Twenty-something dollars. Price has doubled, tripled. If we had a storehouse, wouldn't have to go to the store. We'd already have it. But because we don't, I have to go up to Walmart, go up to Kroger. But if the brother or sister in the church who's raising chickens, if they brought me some eggs, if it were already in the church, they said, look, just come up there and just get you some. If it were already there, I wouldn't have anything to worry about. That's what the storehouse is for. Read that again for us, man. Let's go back. He said, let's go back to verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, mm -hmm. that there may be meat in mine house. 
bring ye all the tithes in the storehouse. He said, bring that, bring all of that stuff back. Money is the main thing that people are stealing because it's easier to steal. It's a lot easier to steal somebody's money. People hack your bank account. We're sitting here on Bible study. People can be hacking a bank account. Money. That's what people are. At. The Bible tells us the love of money is the root of all evil. That's what people are wanting to steal. They rather steal our money than steal a piece of meat from you, steal a turkey, a ham sandwich. No, they rather have the money. He said, bring it all back so we can have a storehouse. Uh huh. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if mm -hmm. I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. He said, I want you to prove this. I, look, I will prove it to you. This is what God declared. Not Tony. God declared if we line up and do it as he said, tithe of all. The same way Abraham did, he tithed of all. If we bring it all back to him, look at what he said. He said, prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive. He said, I'll bless you so much you won't even have space for it. You won't have room to receive. This is the offer that God has for us. But he wants to see if we trust him. Because when it comes down to money, we start looking at our bank account. We said, man, you tell me I got to give a hundred of my dollars? We start questioning, should I really do this? God said, look, it, bring it all back. But now, if you do this, he said, I'll prove it to you. I'll open the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing. You can't even receive all of it. If you do this now, the choice is ours. The Bible told us he loves a cheerful giver. He's not going to force you to give. We can keep whatever we want to keep. But this is what God is asking us to do. So he said, well, man, rob God. He said, yeah. And then you ask, how, how, how have we robbed God? How can we even do that? He said, you robbed me of tithes and offerings. You've stolen all the money. Look, I've seen a man, um, I think it was Jackson, Mississippi, working at a big church down there, stole 100, over $100,000. Tithe and offering money, robbing the whole nation. But you know what? Even if, now, even if someone does wrong and you did right, God is still going to bless you. There's no way around it. I mentioned it earlier. I didn't get deep into it, but I mentioned it earlier. Laban, Jacob's um, uh, father-in-law, he continually was trying to get over on Jacob. 
had the man stay there and work seven years uh, for Rachel. Turned out he gave him Leah. Had him work another seven years. Had him work all this long time. Man had child after child. Didn't want the man to live. To leave, excuse me. He continually tried to get over on a child of God. But you know what? God blessed him. God continued to bless Jacob. See, God will bless you. Even if somebody else around you is not doing right. See, I'll be honest with you. I don't have to worry about, well, man, male is not doing right. I don't have to worry about, man, so-and-so over here. They're not going to do right. Or this person. I don't have to worry about it because God has already promised as long as you do right, he'll bless you. And there's nothing anyone can do to stop it. The scripture told us the gates of hell. Jesus told us, he said, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against it. They can bring all the hell that they want. The guns, the lawyers, uh, the judge, they can bring whatever they want. But you cannot stop God. So all that God is asking is that we give him back what is already his. That's all he's asking. As it pertains to money, whose money is it? We better go to the book of Timothy. First Timothy, chapter six, verse seven. Let's, let's pick that up. See, th this all belongs to God to begin with. As I said earlier, God is just wanting to see where our hearts are to see if we're willing to give him back what's already rightfully his. I said it earlier in the Bible study. Sometimes you loan people something. They have it for so long. They start thinking it's theirs. They've forgotten. Man, this doesn't even belong to me. We have something for so long, we forget this belongs to somebody else. This is what we do to God. God will bless us with things, and we forget it belongs to him. You know, God told Abraham to offer up his only son, Isaac. But you know what? That child, Isaac, belonged to God in the first place. He just put Isaac in Abraham's possession. That child belonged to God in the first place. He knew us before we were even born. Abraham didn't know what the child would look like. He didn't know how tall the child would be. He didn't know how the child would speak. He didn't know anything about the child. That child belonged to God to begin with. So God asked him, look, give me back what belongs to me anyway. But you know what happened in that story? God said, look, don't hurt the child. I see. I, I, I see that you trust me. You love me. God gave that child back. To Abraham. See, if you give God what he's asking, he'll turn around and bless you and give you double, even more. That's what he did with Job. Gave him double what he had to begin with. See, you cannot I hear they sing a song, you can't beat God giving. The more you give, glory be to God, the more he'll give to you. 
God loves a cheerful giver. You cannot beat him at giving. I don't care if you give $100, $1,000. You cannot beat God giving. He's going to bless you in so many ways. You know, God will bless us in so many ways, so many more ways than just money. Oh, yes. You know, suppose you have all the money in the world, but you have problems with depression. Don't we see that happen? There are people with a lot of money and they go and commit suicide. See, there are things that money just cannot buy. There are families, rich people and families. They wish their families were closer, but they're just not. But they got all the money. But their families are so separated and divided. See, God will bless you in other ways than just money. But this is only if we're willing to bring it all back to him. There's so many stories in the Bible where I can show you this. Time has already failed me. You, we can look at the two fish and five loaves. You know, that was all they had. Now, they didn't even bring a tent. They brought all they had. Two fish, five loaves. There were 5,000 people there. The young child that had the two fish, he could have said, look, no, this is mine. What am I going to eat? If I turn this in, what will I have? But you know what? He gave it to the apostles. They went around and collected. The priests, they collected all the tithes and offerings. They brought it to the man with the plan. They brought it to Jesus. Jesus blessed it. And from two fish and five loaves, he poured out a blessing that they wouldn't even have room to receive. See, the book the book will not lie. The scripture cannot contradict. He blessed them so much they didn't have room to receive. All the people ate men, women, and children. It was over 5,000 because the 5,000 was the men that they counted. They didn't even count the women and children. So we know there's a lot more people, probably 10, probably 15. They had all of them with two fish and five loaves. He said, look, I'll prove it to you. I'll pour you out a blessing. You will not have room to receive. They couldn't even eat it all. He said, I'll prove it to you. Just do it. And I'll prove it. God is waiting on us to prove to us we cannot beat his giving. See, God will multiply things. Our addition is not his addition. One plus one is not two to him. Two fish and five loaves, man, that won't feed one of us. <laughs> Especially not me. That will not feed one of us until God steps in and multiplies it. Doing some addition that makes no sense to the human mind. Doing some multiplication, some long division. God will step in. He said, I'll prove it to you. If you will bring it back to me, he said, look, pull you out of blessing. You won't have room to receive. Pick up 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 7. Well, Chelsea has another question. Um, she Go asked, ahead. 
What if you're struggling to make ends meet? Are you still required to give money? Just like with the eggs, what if people are just making it with just the money they have just to feed themselves? This is where the scripture comes into play. If we look at the two fish and five loaves, there was a little lad, the scripture said, he had that. He was struggling, and I'll tell you why, because he had just enough for himself. That's all he had. Just enough to get this one meal, making his meat. But the word of God cannot lie. He said, if you bring it to me, I will pour you out a blessing. You will not have room. I want to go and read that. We're over time, but I want to go and read that. Um, let me let me let me see where that is. Um, let me see where that is. I, I want to go and get that because I want to show you how they brought it to Jesus. It's all about our obedience, and God will make the impossible happen. I, I began this Bible study by telling you. I began the Bible study in the Book of John, chapter six. John chapter 6, and we're going to go to verse 5. I begin this Bible study telling you about how a saint in Christ had died. I mean, they touched her hands, and her hands were ice cold. This is the point where the doctors throw a sheet over you and put you in a coffin. This is where they begin embalming you. This is where we found a saint. But with God, all things are possible. We're not struggling to make ends meet with God because he's going to supply your every need. Glory be to God. I was, I was reading, um, I believe, either earlier this week or last week, the prophet. Um, I can't remember if it were it was Elijah, the prophet Elijah. You know what? <laughs> Do I want to go and get that? I want to go and get that instead. I want to get that because um, um, we need to. We need the more we learn, the more we learn, uh, the more God will open our eyes to things. Um, let me let me find that real quickly because I can't remember exactly where it was. Let me find that really quickly. So to give you a backstory of what has happened, God stopped heaven and it did not rain for three years. In the book of First Kings, chapter 17, it did not rain for three years. Now you talk about making ends meet. When you're in a drought, you talk about making ends meet. God told the prophet Elijah to go down to the water, to the brook. You know, the Bible tells us he had a raven bring this man food, a bird. See, we're talking about God here. See, we have to have faith in him in order for us to uh, see these things and experience these things. 
in the book of First Kings, chapter 17. I want to pick up uh, verse 1 here. Now, we're still dealing with that question. What if someone is already struggling to make ends meet? I want to show you this now. So follow this closely. Pick up verse 1, man. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now, it didn't rain for three years. I want to show you how God instructed the man of God. Verse 3, if we listen to God, even if times are tough, even if we're struggling, I'm telling you God's going to multiply. Look, let me tell you something. Now, I don't get on social media. <laughs> I don't put, uh, I'll put it to you this way. God has blessed me, and I try to do right by my tithes. I don't do things for money. I don't try to get over on no one for money. God has blessed me. He's blessed. I'm not rich by no means, not even close, not even close. But I don't have any worries. I'm not about to be evicted. God has blessed me. Why? Not because I'm doing something so right, but because I'm trying to do what he told me with everything I find in this book, even if it looks like, man, how's it going to work? You know, I had a man tell me the same thing. He was concerned about how it was going to work, but he tried God out. Glory be to God. The man started looking around by the end of the year. He said, man, you know, when I did the math, it seemed as if it shouldn't work. Yeah, but God does some multiplication in some places where we're doing addition. He does some addition in places where we're doing subtraction. See, God will multiply some things. That's what he told Abraham. He said, multiply, I will multiply thee. Blessings, I will bless thee. You cannot beat God giving. So I want to finish this before I, uh, I get off of here. Um, but continue with your question. Anybody that has a question, by all means, you've got time to ask. I'll sit here as much time as we need to. Uh, to address it. So now it didn't rain for three years. God tells the prophet what to do in verse three. I'm showing you this because I want you to see how crucial it is to follow instructions. Pick up verse three for us, Neville. Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. Mm -hmm. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. See, God is going to supply your every need. You know, sometimes God allows you to get in situations where you say, you know what, you know, barely making ends meet, living check to check. Oh, man, overdrafted. You know, God is allowing situations like this to happen to us to see if we're going to follow his word, to see if we're going to trust him, to see if we're going to go back on what we promised we'd do. Sometimes people make a promise, but then once the situation uh, gets tough, once things start to uh, become troubling, 
we completely fall back on what we gave our word we do. So the man here, God tells him, look, I'll feed you with the ravens, goes to the brook. Look at the condition this man is in. It hasn't rained for three years. This man is going and having to drink out of the river, drink out of the pond, whatever you wish to call it. And a bird is bringing this man food. See, this is God we're dealing with here. God will command the animal to bring you food. Then we read uh, recently how God commanded, uh, allowed the donkey to talk to the man who was so in love with money. God had to use the animal to get the man's attention. We're dealing with God here. So I, I got to get moving here. So animal bringing him food. Pick up verse six, man. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he mm -hmm. drank of the brook. Good God almighty. Man didn't miss a meal. See, we can be making ends meet. It looks like we're struggling. We're in a drought. We're in a depression. The gas is $3, $4, $5, 6 Doesn't matter what it is. Look, God will have you and supply your every need. He said he'd be there in the time of help. When we need a help, he's going to be right there. All you got to do is just follow his word. This is what walking by faith is really about. See, people had a man tell me even today, yeah, I go to church and worship. Look, God's not concerned about that at all. He said, these people worship me with their lips. They honor me with their tongue, but their heart is far from me. They won't do anything I tell them to do. That's what God is saying. He's not that concerned about somebody clapping their hands, playing the organ, hitting the tambourine. God wants us to serve him. And follow his word, follow his instruction. Look at the predicament God put this man in. And so when we look at our situation and say, man, I'm, I'm struggling to keep the lights on. This man had no lights. This man living outside, drinking out of a pond, a river, a lake, a body of water, birds bringing him a meal, morning and evening. This is how God put this man. God put him in this condition. But God is working on his faith. I want to show you something now. So let's pick up verse 7. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there mm -hmm. had been no rain in the land. Glory be to God. It came to pass after a while. See, we want to move. We want a better situation. But Sometimes God has us where we are until it's the right time. See, there is time for us. The Bible told us it's high time to wake up out of our sleep. It's time for us to do what God tells us. We can trust him. If there's anybody else in this world we can trust, it's God. If there's anybody we can trust, it's him. So the river dries up. All right. And the, word, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and mm -hmm. dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. He said, I got a widow woman. A widow now. Husband's dead. 
She's got no one else but her child. He said, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. See, God will put you in the right place at the right time. It's perfect time. You know how some things seem like it just happened so perfect because God had it planned out. It, it caught us by surprise, but it didn't catch him. He's already seen this script. He said, I, I have somebody there to help you, to bless you. Now, remember, it's still been three years of no rain. This woman is affected by this also. She's trying to make ends meet. I want to show you something. Pick it up for us, man. So Drop down the verse. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And mm-hmm. when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. Mm-hmm. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Man hadn't had any water. River dried up. Lake dried up. He gets there, sees the woman trying to get sticks. Widow woman. She had to have been, had to have been of age now. She had a child. So he says, give me some water, all right? And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Let me get some food. Uh Uh-huh. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. Mm -hmm. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat, eat it and, and die. Good God from Zion. Did you read? Did you see what she just said? He said, give me some water. She said, yeah, I can give you some water. He said, look, what about some bread? Can you make me some cornbread? Can you make me something to eat? Can you give me something? She said, look, I only have a handful. It's a little bit for me and my son to eat the last supper one last time. And I know this is it for us. We're going to die because this is it. I've tried to stretch this stuff out. There's nights we went hungry, going to sleep, still kind of hungry. But I said, son, we can't have no more tonight. We got to save some for tomorrow. Husband's dead. He's deceased. No prayer in the world could have brought him back because God said it's time. For this reason here, they found themselves in this situation for this purpose, for God to show himself mighty. That's why they found themselves in this predicament. So she said, I only have a little bit of oil left. She said, I got a little bit of meal, a little bit of water. This is the last meal we're going to eat. My son and I, we're both going to die. This woman meant this. She meant this. But God, when you do what he says, when you do what he says, he will pour you out a blessing. He said, you will not have room to receive. That's his promise to us. He said, I'll prove it. But you got to do what I tell you first. He said, I'll prove it to you. Read for us now. And Elijah said unto her, fear not, go and do as thou hast said. But make me thereof a little cake first, 
and bring it mm-hmm. unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. He said, bring it to me first. Bring it to me first. That's what Abel offered, the firstlings of the flock. He said, look, just follow it exactly how I tell you. Make me one, then you can make one for you and your son. She said, but this is the last one. We were going to eat one last time and die. Because after that, we would have starved to death. He said, just bring it to me first. This is the man of God. Read for us, man. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the bower of meal shall not waste. Neither shall the crews of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Hallelujah. He said, look, it's not going to run out. If you do it, like I say, it won't run out. You cannot fail. I started, I opened up saying that we can't fail with him. I don't care what it looks like. It looks like we won't have enough. Man, how can I pay my tithes? I I don't even make enough. I got this expense. I got that bill. I got to spend money on this. How can I do it? He said, if you bring it to me first, if you do it as I say, he said, I will pour you out a blessing. You will not have room to receive. This lady's about to die. He said, just bring it to me first. And God said, look, you won't die. You won't run out. You won't run out of money. You won't run out of food. You won't run out of anything. God's going to take care of you. Even if we go hungry sometime, God still is going to take care of you. He will pour you out a blessing. You won't have room to receive. Let's finish this up, man. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. Mm-hmm. And the barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the crews of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. There's something about when we listen to what God says. He will make the impossible possible. That's what he did with the two fish and five loaves. That's what he always does. But he's going to tell you to do something that seems as if, man, that's not going to work. Man, that doesn't make sense. This is how God does. Man, we got any other questions? Yes. uh, Let me see. David says, all the money we can ever obtain can't buy us salvation. Only through Jesus can we be saved. Put the Lord first and he will meet your needs. Uh, Jeremy quoted Mark 8 and 36, what profited man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? Definitely. Amy says, someone told me that 10% of what you have, and it doesn't have to be money. It can be anything, including your time. What are your thoughts? It is all the above. It, so what, what happens is people try to take the money out of it. See, that that's what happens. It is all the above. It's not only money. It is all the above. We can't get around the money aspect. It is all the above. It's everything. 
from the scripture, we see Abraham gave a tenth of all. It is all. We, we went back to the book of Malachi. He said, you have robbed me of tithes and offerings. He said, not only me, you robbed this whole nation. Bring it all back. It's money that people have a hard time letting go of. We've seen it happen with uh, Balaam. Had a hard time letting go of that money. But it is a choice that we all have. We don't have to do it. God wants us to do it. But if we don't desire to do it, God says, fine, because he loves a cheerful giver. He doesn't want to force anyone. It is all the above. So, yes, it is um, our time. It is everything, because we read in the book of Psalm 24.1, he said, the earth is the Lord, uh, the fullness thereof. And everybody in the world, everything in this world belongs to God. Everything in this world, that means the land, that means the cars, that means our clothing, that means our buildings, that means our money. It all belongs to him. God is asking for us to return something that he gave to us to begin with. You know, the scripture tells us he gave um, he gave people talents. You know that talent was talking about money? I know oftentimes we think of always oh, talking about different gifts like drawing or singing or, you know, playing a sport. You know, the Bible tells us that talent was talking about money. He gave one one. He gave one, uh, what, two? The other one, five. That was money. But you know what? He came back at the end to receive what he had given them back, to see what they did with it. With money, God is looking for even the money to be returned to the church. Because again, he told us to love, love thy neighbor as thyself. Look, I don't want to be hungry. So the church, he told us in the book of Malachi, should have a storehouse with our money and not only the money, with everything we bring. We should have something for people. We should have food. We should have clothes. We should have every necessity of life. We should have water. You know, I don't know if it's still going on, but for a while, even in Jackson, Mississippi, people having black water coming out of their faucet. But we should have a storehouse where we can go, we can get water. This is what God is looking for from us. So we will not be able to get away from the fact that God is also looking for us to bring our money also to the church. That's what he's looking for. But now again, he says he loves a cheerful giver. So he doesn't want to force somebody to give their money. 
He wants people to cheerfully do it. I'll tell you my, now this is my own testimony. I know it works because I haven't had to go without anything. And I still make sure to pay tithes. I hadn't had to worry about going without anything I need, no matter how much. Uh, man, looks like the bank account's getting low. <laughs> man, overdrafted. Man, this problem. Man, that problem. Oh, the car needs this. You know, uh, you know, so and so wants to get this money. So and so needs to borrow that. So and so had this happen. Need to give some money to that. Look, regardless of any problem that's come up, God is still blessing me. So I know it works. Not only have I read it, but I did it. I know 100% that it works. But now, if anyone doubts it, you'll have to test it out for yourself. Allow God to prove it to you for himself or for yourself. Because my testimony will only go so far for you. You have to try it out for yourself. So, man, we got any other things? I think that's all the questions so far. Yeah. Well, if you do have any other questions, please get them in. Uh, because um, I, I do want to make sure that we have this thing covered. And, and we can definitely revisit this topic uh, because there there was some other things I, I thought about going to uh, other places, uh, but I won't do that tonight. Um, but it is important. Um, again, this is something that was instituted starting all the way back with Abraham. It's something that um, continued even throughout the New Testament. You can see people paying their tithes. I was going to go and get Jesus uh, where he talked about people paying tithes. Um, but I won't do that tonight. But if there is no other questions or things we need to address, um, I do thank you guys for being here. And, and if you have further questions or concerns or things you just want to discuss, reach out. Um, I'm willing to talk to you about it. Um, we can continue to discuss this and check it out in the scripture. Check it out. Look, look, I, I, I'll tell you this. Now, if it were up to me and I didn't have to turn any of my money in, oh, that'd be great. You know, if I could just keep whatever, <laughs> you know, that would be from the natural standpoint, from my small mind, that would be ideal. But what I've learned is God always makes me prosper more in the long run. Whatever I do for God, he always blesses me. Um, and so he's no respect of a person. We see him bless people all throughout for turning it in, for turning it over. Whatever it is that they have, they turned it in and they turned it over. So um, allow God to bless you. Uh, let's do right by him. Now, this this is not my word. Uh, you, you won't be able to name a time where Tony came and begged you for some money. You won't be able to name a time where Tony took your money. You will not. And so I know sometimes people hear that type of thing and, and they feel, oh, 
is somebody that wants our money. Somebody commented one time, uh, Mel, and they said, money hungry thieves. <laughs> money hungry demons. <laughs> oh, yeah, demons, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, people have told me to get a cash out um, to help out with the expenses of this podcast um, years ago. And I didn't do it. Um, and so, like I said, we've continually spent our own money to do this. And so these are reasons why God instituted tithes and offerings, um, you know, keeping lights on at the church, um, remodeling things, but not just about a church building, because it's more than about that. The church should be a place where people can come um, and have a place to stay, have food to eat, you know, have a base, have a place to take a shower, take a bath. And that's what the church is supposed to be about. And we will not get that without money. We can give all the tomatoes we want to give. But we still will not be able to get a lot of things without money. So money is included in tithes and offerings. But it's not only limited to money. It's everything. It is every single thing. Your time, yes. You know, we owe God all of our time. That's a given. We owe God our time. He told us to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The Bible tells us we were bought with a price. That's what the book tells us. When we go to work, they're buying our time. But God said, you know what? I paid for your time already. So, yeah, time is included. So um, I'll turn it over at this time into the hands of Melvin. God bless you guys. I love y'all. Thank you so much. And thank you so much um, for the message. Um, we hope each and every single person got something out of it. Um, I don't have much to add, but I do definitely want to hit on the money aspect of it. Um, Tony mentioned earlier that um, money is definitely included because it's the easiest thing to steal from someone. And I just want to speak on that. No matter what, there are people trying to get our money, our data, um, anything in order for them to get their hands on something that belongs to us, mainly our money. And January of 2020, my wife and I were trying to get a puppy. And they had it set up so professionally. They had a website. They had a form to fill out. They would send you a video of this pet. And then you would place the order for it um, and they would send you a series of emails saying, oh, you need to pay this fee. Oh, you have to pay for insurance. Oh, we've been keeping your pet for five days with food and water. You have to pay for that. And they will keep stringing you along and along until you realize that it is a scam. And to be honest, we fell for it. We both wanted the puppy. And this was during COVID when it first was starting. So you couldn't really go into places and buy pets. And so we didn't even really recover from that until late last year. But that's, and that's just a small portion. We didn't lose that much, but you have people with romance scams. Um, I've been hearing lately where they target people whose husband or wife recently passed away. So they're lonely and they're going on these dating websites. They target those people and they steal hundreds of thousands of dollars from these people with no regard what that is causing that people, those people to go through, you know, people take out um, a loan on their mortgage or I'm not sure exactly how it goes, but a lot of loans and they have to pay this money back from people they've never met 
never talked to. But it, it's just, it, it's sad. But that's how we know that this is included. Instead of trying to steal pe- money from people, we can turn to God because um, we have to be obedient to what he says. And exactly like he says, because I'm reminded of a scripture that says, be careful for nothing. And I didn't understand that at first, but it's saying, be careful for the little things. Um, You know, um, Tony mentioned with Cain and Abel, how Cain gave a sacrifice that God didn't honor. He asked for a sacrifice now, us today, we would say it's still a sacrifice, so what does it matter? But it has to be exactly how he said it. The same thing with the baptism. There are a lot of different ways to get baptized, but Ephesians 4 and 5 said there's one Lord, one faith, and only one baptism. There's only one way to get baptized. So we just have to be obedient. And um, I think we did have a few more comments. I don't think there were any questions. Uh, let's see. David says, obedience is better than sacrifice. Um, Larry Wanda says, God is faithful even when we're not. And that is definitely true. Um, Scripture says he loved us when we were yet sinners, still being faithful. He also says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then continuing on. And he said, all these things will be added unto you. So that is definitely true. And they, he also says, great Bible study, Lord bless and keep everyone in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for tuning in. Chelsea also says, beautiful message this evening. Thank you. So we're glad that um, at least some people are getting out of it. And if there are any more questions, um, definitely sh- um, show them our way. Bring them to us because we love the interaction. And no, Tony was not lying when he said he will sit on here <laughs> as much as he needed. Um, we used to do this, you know, when we first started the live streams, you know, three, four hours, that would be the normal. <laughs> I remember, yeah, um, I, I, believe, <laughs> I believe it was our 10th week. Um, we were talking about the blood transfusion, about um, going to the water and picking up the blood you know, being baptized, getting the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that was already around two hours. And then right when we went off, we noticed one of our friends left a comment, left a question, and then we went back on. We were on for another two hours or so. Uh, We also used to have Zoom Bible studies every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We had in-person on Tuesday, and then we still did the live stream on Thursday because that's that's how much it takes, you know, all five days of the week, there was a Bible study. And people will call you know that, that crazy. <laughs> you know, that's the beautiful thing. Um, when you're when you're not doing something for money, when you when you do something for money, um, we're constantly thinking, oh, you know, even at a job, we say, oh, they don't pay me enough to do this. You know, when, when your mindset is solely based on I'm doing this because of my job, I'm doing this because of money, you know, it limits you. Um, but once you once you're doing this out of the love of your heart uh, for God, you know, it, it makes you free. It makes you um, th- there is no limitation to it. There's no. Well, you know, we we're supposed to do it for exactly one hour. So um, got to end it right there because, you know, I, I, I'm not getting paid you know, overtime. You know, when you're doing this uh, for God, for the love of the people, you know, th- there's just a difference. There's a difference. So. 
Thank you, guys. I'm sorry, Melvin. Go ahead. Oh, it's all right. And lastly, I wanted to say, uh, when we back when we first uh, were roommates, and I didn't know too much about the Bible. Um, I asked a question. And um, Tony basically walked me through the Bible uh, until around 4.30 or 5 in the morning, knowing that we had to be at work. I know I had to be at work at 8 a.m. Uh, I remember talking to my brother-in-law about that, and he, and he said, what a sacrifice. And I agree, what a sacrifice indeed to trade a few measly hours of sleep for an eternity of salvation. And, you know, that's what we look at, like Bible study five days a week. Are, are you kidding me? All the other things that I could be doing. Look, if we were in a Bible study for our whole life, it would be worth it. Literally for an eternity of salvation versus an eternity of damnation. I, I would make the trade. <laughs> but I think that is all of the comments. So, again, thank you to every single person that left a comment. David, Casey. Sister Rosie, Sister Betty, Chelsea, Jeremy, Chris, Amy, and Larry, Wanda. Thank you guys so much. We love the interaction. We love the comments, questions. No matter what time it is, just please leave a question because somebody else will have that same question that's too afraid to ask. So we always encourage to ask questions and even mention a topic that you want us to cover in a future video that has been done before, has been that has been done with our Zoom studies as well. So again, thank you guys for the comments. So as my weekly reminder to you guys, we do have Zoom Bible studies every Monday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's a great topic. Uh, we, we love to have you guys there interact with us and to just have a good time studying the scriptures no matter what the topic is it should be a good time learning about god so as i always like to say rejoice in the lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies counted all joy counted all joy and again counted all joy there is reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm so if the lord blesses and says the same we'll see you guys next thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the word of god you guys have a happy safe and blessed weekend thank you once again for tuning in listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here alone with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We hope to see you guys there. Thank you. Also, as mentioned in the message, we have Zoom Bible studies every Monday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. To join our messages, all you'd have to do is click the meeting link in the description. There is also a link to listen to all of our previous Zoom messages as well. We hope to see you guys join in on the study. And always remember to rejoice in the Lord always.